0: This week on Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast, we welcome actor, writer, and producer Matt Jennings, star of 1701, A Blurred Story, to talk about pre-production on his latest episode of the web series. We'll also talk about season three of Star Trek Picard, the 30th anniversary of DS9, and other Trek news. Thanks for joining us.
1: hey mike how's it going good how are you today um well what is it today is saturday and we are here because we are dedicated podcasters even though we haven't uh released an episode in a month whoops but uh you know we are dedicated to the cause so here we are spending our spending our valuable weekend time
0: Yes, we are. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a while. It's been a month or so. It's since been a minute. Been. Uh, yeah, it's been a minute, as they say, but it's really been a month and a minute. Uh, yeah, life has been really busy for both of us, and um, it's sure. been
1: yes, we have been busy. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've yeah. been busier, but that's that's my perception.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I have been busy. Yes i am not uh, i'm not afraid to to say that you know training for a marathon
1: and that's a, yeah that just takes up so much time i just can't Be- besides the dedication that's required to train a marathon which i have no desire to ever do in my lifetime just the time suck is is just a lot like just run, just the sheer amount of time you need to run like say 10 miles i'm like uh no thanks
0: right yeah yeah exactly no it's definitely time consuming because it's not just the running it is the like getting ready to run and right. it's not like it's not summer obviously so right. it is still cold so it's a multi-layer
1: process so, and you have to, like pop yourself up for it you have to like me- get mentally ready you don't want to go outside i get it
0: yes and then i also you know more often than not for the before the longer runs, I have to walk amish and um so that's sort of a little bit of my warm up too, so i you know I do kinda warm up myself I'm all oh, right. the dog with that. Yeah. so yes so yeah it it is time consuming though, yes, and energy draining too, right so um on top of all of the regular life stuff, including work and life, and you know adoption a thousand pages that you need to finish for your adoption process yes yes the a thousand and one questions that need to be answered uh before yes before they will even let us look at kids no um yeah so there's just a lot going yeah there is a lot going on in life right now so yeah yeah
1: understandable (laughs) so it's understandable i guess that is like Turn into monthly, but hey, it's
0: not ideal, you know, if I, if, you know, I would have more time if I won the lottery and didn't have to work or, you know, things like that. Uh, But we are all only given the 24 hours in a day to do what we can. So yes, there's only so much. I'm doing the best I can in
1: 2023. So anyway, Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I applaud your your effort. <laughs> a for efforts? I I guess it's A for effort. Uh it's yeah.
0: I I mean, yeah. It's yeah. it's a, it's a uh, lot, but uh but here we are to to talk Star Trek and we have a lot yes. of Star Trek to talk. about.
1: Yes, and especially since we've have- been a month. There's been some ne- there's been some news. We know that. We're going to dig into that in a little bit. There's been some updates. There's been quite a few episodes of Picard since we last spoke about it, which is when we were still under embargo. and We can talk about anything, but yes, we're five episodes in, so there's plenty for us to talk about now.
0: Yes, there is. Uh, We are halfway through this season, and what a season it is, and we have thoughts and uh, yeah, um, as usual but yeah yeah do have thoughts um and, and we have a special guest this week so we should probably bring him into this conversation and uh get things rolling yeah special guest woo! let me introduce him matt jennings is a multi-talented actor writer and producer He's based out of Orange County, California, and Brooklyn, New York. So he's a fellow New Yorker. He's acted in numerous productions, including theater, film, and comedy sketches, including his one-man show, The Matt Jennings Experience. And more recently, he's written, produced, and starred in his own web series, 1701, A Blurred Story, which is about a gay Black nerd who is a Star Trek fan, and navigating the ups and downs in the gay dating world, deciding whether to hide or embrace his favorite fandom. You can find episodes one and two on YouTube, and he's currently in pre-production for episode three. He's also a two-time champion on the wonderful Trexpert's quiz podcast, which you and I uh, did a few months back. You did, you did. uh, And he did much better than we did. Oh my god, uh, so much better. And so
2: we are excited to welcome Matt to Deep Space Pride. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited, very excited. I think uh, my first introduction to uh, to Deep Space Pride was, was it, uh, oh god, what was it? It wasn't, what's the T? I think it was Trek. You guys were on Trek experts. Right? It was Trek. Yeah, Sports. we were on Trek experts. Yep. Trek and then I, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I saw Deep Space Pride, and I was like, oh, it's a queer, you know, a, a queer Star Trek, uh, Star Trek podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. So. And you
1: did really well on Trek experts. Thank you. I have to say. Yes, your your yes. powers of recall were very impressive. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mike and I, yes, Mike and I, like are. Like Trek fans, but I don't know if our powers of recall are as good as yours. Like because <laughs> that's, that's one thing. I'm like that episode. With what? The, what's that alien? And like <laughs> we like know like the the vague outlines of things, but sometimes. Um, and then then there are random facts that we do recall really well. Like yeah yeah, you know, I remember that Trill have cold hands. I don't know how I remember that. <laughs> I, I learned that, but I remember this fact. But you know, I would say that, uh, you know, that's the thing about, like, quizzes and trivia. It's, like, it's it's all about being
2: able to recall on the spot. So, well, you, you know, did really well. Thank you. Um, I'll definitely say, you know, that I, so with Deep Space Nine especially, I remember when that box set, you know, came out of the DVDs. Because I think first, you know, we had the, the next generation DVDs that came out um and then i realized that oh they're gonna keep going like they're gonna do ds9 they're gonna do voyage they're gonna do enterprise so that ds9 box set came out and i swear to god i ran i've run that box set into the ground um i would just i you know i would just watch them on a loop and so now you know luckily we've got you know everything streaming on paramount plus but up until Mm. that point you know two years ago those those dvs would skip um so (laughs) wow (laughs) they were well loved they were they were
0: so i'm in the midst of a rewatch of deep space 9 prompted by us being on uh trek spurts talking about kira and jadzia and so i found that you know, every once in a while, I come to an episode where I kind of put on the brakes and I'm like, ah, do I really want to watch this episode? Um, it's not one of my favorites. It doesn't really what does it contribute to the overall arc of the season or even of the series. Um, and so right now, I'm on the episode Explorers, which for some
1: reason, I'm just not excited to watch. But now that, uh, I mean, it's not uh, like, uh, it, it's not a mythology thing, sorry, but it's like more like, yeah, it's not like a mythology episode. And I refer to that as if it's X Files, like, so uh, X Files, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but there were like the mythology episodes, like, oh, the aliens. And then there were like the, you know, the ghost yeah. of the episode. Right. There was but, a creature of the know, week. We, yeah. We call it the mythology episodes. But yeah, it wasn't like a, you know, that of big story arc episode, but it, it did contribute a lot to, um, the father-son dynamic, you know, of it all, which I think, you know, was a really big deal. Yeah. Which DS9 yeah. did such a good job of.
2: Yeah. Which is what I should really be excited about. When I, uh, you know, I, I look back at these episodes now and, you know, I, I think one of the reasons why DS9 resonates with me so much is, I mean, for one, you know, you have a, a person of color in, uh, in, in command. Um but you know the dynamic between Jake and Cisco reminds me of just the dynamic between my father and I um and my dad and uh, Avery Brooks actually share the same birthday too but <laughs> <What? laughs> yeah they oh, share the same wow, that's birthday cool. it's wild um but yeah you know I I live in in California my dad lives in New York so when I watch an episode of Deep Space 9 and when I see those episodes between the two of them you know it's it's a minute to to bring me you know, to bring me home for a minute, close to my dad. So, so I love those episodes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, now that we're talking about this, I mean, like my partner and I are in the process of adopting and we, um, we've been doing it for, this is our third year now. Um, we're starting with a new agency. So we're starting all over again with all the paperwork and, Everything, the homes, doing a whole new home study. Um, but we are actually going to internationally adopt from South Africa.
2: Oh, so, wow.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So this is, you know, now talking about this, you know, actually, this is this is actually one of the things that I have enjoyed about the rewatch is just seeing the father son dynamic of of um, Cisco and Jake uh, from the beginning and and how uh, actually loving it it is and how on screen it is. Like, you know, I know that they're connected off screen. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's really obvious. Like it's a, you know, it's a, not a love story, but it's, it's very much like a, just how much it's bringing in parenting into Star Trek, which I think they obviously didn't do great with next generation with Beverly and Wesley, um, but they, they did it with, with Cisco and Jake and, um, yeah. yeah, so now, now I'm more excited to go back and get back on the rewatch train and watch explorers. Cause you're right. This is a, it is a story about, um, a
1: father and son experience. Yeah, and so, I've asked Mike some hard questions, which we did not need to get into, but I've asked him <laughs> like, you know, your son is probably going to be black. What does it, what does that look like? having a black yeah. son in, in yeah. America, you know, and that's, yeah. yeah. those are, it's the complexities there. Um, I think are very nuanced. It's, yeah. uh, uh,
2: um, you know, I'll, you know, I'll say, um, for, you know, for me, you know, growing up, um, I didn't quite understand some of the things that my parents would tell me when they were, you know, when they raised me in those first, you know, those first couple of years, just certain things regarding um, regarding my behavior. You know, it was almost sometimes um, I don't want to say an overcorrection, but uh, it was very. They were very much about you know, pay attention, follow the rules, mm-hmm. um, say yes sir, no sir. You know, it was yeah. very. It was, you know, very much drilled into me about behave, 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 behave. Um, and I didn't quite get it until I got older and, you know, oh. I started seeing certain things with law enforcement. Right. And I had a run-in with law enforcement that, um, you know, luckily I was blessed enough to walk away from where, you know, other people of, of color have not been so blessed to be able to walk away from it. Um, and you know even even now, I think I'm slowly becoming aware of of more of more things i mean you know to be very honest uh, right now i'm I'm in orange county uh and orange county is to me just one of the most conservative uh most conservative cities in in southern california um you know i can go outside of this this house right now and see, you know, Trump is my president on someone's flag. Um you know, so I un you know, unfortunately that that home training never never leaves you. Um but, you know, you you do the best that you, you do the best that you can, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's uh that's a really good perspective to hear. I guess they in I've heard it referred to, Matt, as the talk, like the parents, your parents have the talk yeah. with you and there's, yeah. there's now like books out there to help with that kind of discussion as well. So yeah, I'm very aware of, of that piece of raising a, a kid in that. And, and, you know, like you grew up in New York, right? You grew up in Brooklyn. How, when did you move um, to L? To, or were you always bicoastal coastal?
2: I was pretty much always bicoastal. coastal. So I moved to uh, Long Beach, California, with my mother when I was about six years old. Uh, my dad is still in Brooklyn, New York, and so I would go see him, and I still go see him, you know, for the holidays. So um, it used to be, you know, a couple of weeks uh, at a time when I would see him. I would be there for about two weeks for the visits. But then when I got to college, you know, I had like those. You know those two month long breaks where you know i got to be in new york for like I a couple know. of months at a time during the college breaks so um i would definitely say yeah i was bicoastal kid i still consider myself bicoastal very
0: cool um yeah. yeah so i think i think there's a uniqueness to raising a kid here in new york in new york city specifically i should say yeah, not necessarily in greater new york which as the further you go out from the city a, a little more conservative it becomes so um yeah the rest of so new york is actually
1: very conservative it's very red yes yeah. yeah
0: No, we've we've done some trips upstate and uh seen the flags that you're talking about matt where you know trump 2020 and all of that on and all all that stuff so yeah so we're very aware i'm very aware of you know the need for eventually having the talk and um with with our kid and and, and, you know we don't know we don't know what you know we don't know whether we're getting a boy and girl yet we don't know whether we're you know getting a brown or a black kid yet you know all of that's still very much up in the air but um but yeah that's uh so that's also why like to our audience uh Things have been very busy around this with a lot of stuff to do uh, to get all this paperwork and everything and these meetings and all of this together to move this forward. So, um, so yeah, uh, so we're talking about DS9. It's the 30th anniversary. Other than beating those... Um, DVDs uh, to death, uh, Matt. What are what are your feelings on the 30th anniversary? Like, what do you, um, yeah, what do you you know? What are some other memories or pieces oh, of Deep Space Nine gosh. that you really love?
2: Um, oh, let's see. Well, I mean, I've already talked about you know, like seeing Avery Brooks, seeing a person of color as as the lead. I you know. I think for me at that point to have a black person in, in the captain's chair was like like the first black president. It was like Barack Obama for sure. me as a kid. That was yeah. the significance. Um I think the show has aged incredibly well. Um I think that there are some some storylines, some episodes that, you know, would not you know, would not do well today. I think, you know, every Trek iteration has episodes where it's like, Ooh, I don't know about right. that. Um, but, um, you know, I think overall, you know, the, the serialized format, you know, which is something that we're doing, you know, now all the time, right. uh, all the time in, in, uh, like with discovery and we're doing it with, we've done it with Picard quite a bit, you know, it's just, it's, you know, um, I think the deep space nine was ahead of its time. And I think it's, just now starting to catch on, uh, catch on with people. Um, I, I so much want a revisit of this world. Um, you know, we're getting a little bit of it with, uh, with the card. I don't know if I'm okay to, to say. Yeah, <laughs> to say yeah, that yeah, right of course, yeah. Well, for um, our
0: listeners, please have at least watched the first or we're, we're up to halfway through season three. So there's definitely some reveals that we'll talk about uh, here. So yeah. stop here if you have not watched up yeah. to season, uh, <laughs>
2: episode five. Um, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, we're getting a little bit of a, of a follow up, but, you know, I think that there's more stories to tell with those characters. Uh, what the documentary, what we left behind, um God, I loved that documentary. Uh and you know, the candid, you know, the candid talks that uh that the actors had. Uh Aaron Eisenberg, Um uh yeah. Um I there are so many things that I could say about Deep Space Nine, but just I think the main things I want to say is that I think it was ahead of its time in its storytelling. I think it's aged so well. I want to see the characters revisited. Um, other random things. Major Kira reminds me of my stepmother so much. Um, <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, I do not know.
1: Yeah, well, if that's good or bad.
2: In a good I love way. Kira. Kira like is one of my favorite characters. Adore yes. Kira. Um, You know, I mean, when Worf gets on the show, it just kicks things to a whole other level. Oh yeah. Um, oh, you know the the episode, the two parter episode from season three, um uh oh my god, I'm blanking on it. We have past lawyer. tense.
1: Ooh. Oh past tense. Uh, past, past tense. tense,
2: yeah. When when George Floyd happened, I just <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to put on past tense because this is how it's going down right now. Um, It just felt so timely. Um, So the show, what I love about the show, and what I also think has aged very well, is that the show, um, all the treks didn't shy away from social and political content and, and having those talks. All the shows didn't. I think Deep Space Nine is... Probably the first show that really dealt with uh with with race head on mm-hmm. um you know that episode far beyond the stars right um you know <sighs> was just I mean even you know still to this day that the last monologue that um, that Cisco has is gut wrenching um because it's obviously still so relevant, but I appreciate. You know, I mean, also Avery Brooks did a great job directing that episode and, you know, getting to mm-hmm. see the cast play these alternate human versions of themselves <laughs> was just a, a treat. You know, the one one of the things that, I, that sticks out to me in that episode all the time is um, uh, Terry Farrell uh, as uh, I guess one of the writers in the office and she's reading the script. Uh, that Benny Russell has written about Deep Space Nine, and she goes, oh, he's got a worm in his belly, or she's got a worm in a belly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just, um, yeah, I'm going to go all over the place because there's so much that I could say. (laughs) Well, so
0: did I, you were doing a dramatic, like impersonation is not the right word, you were, kind of doing your own version of the the soliloquies from In the Pale Moonlight.
2: Is that right? Right, right. I'm going to continue it. It's just that now because I'm working on um, the third episode of the web series, things have kind of had to to be halted. But um, that, I swear, um, those confessionals In the Pale Moonlight, I've always wanted it to see uh, done as a, a solo show. To me, that's like, That's a, so, I mean, if you add in, you know, just a bit more text to give certain things, you know, context, that's a whole, so I would have gone, I would have gone to the theater in LA just to watch Avery Brooks perform that as like a, an hour Mm -hmm. and a half piece. Um, you know, and I think, I think that's, you know, also Star Trek, I think that's DS9 at, you know, at some of its best, I think that Star Trek at its, at its best, um, yeah, but yeah, I just—I don't know. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to film some of this and put it <laughs> put it up on Instagram. Why not? Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah. That's uh, yeah. yeah. That yeah, that that was awesome to see you do that. And I I uh, I hope you do more. I know that you're working on your web series. Uh, maybe this is a good point to like kind of talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. Um, um, so, the, the genesis of, of 1701 was basically, it was a solo show at first. I, um, I did a solo show in 2012, and it was called um, The Universe of Matt Jennings, and it was just about my life in these key moments that, you know, um, that I, you know, helped to, helped to form my identity. Um, and I just talked about how, you know, Star Trek was kind of always there. Um. Always there in those moments. So you know, I have this moment where I'm talking to my my cousin, you know, and I'm coming out, and she's basically like my counsel to Troy. She's like my guinan, um, and I'm talking to her about this. Uh, I talk about you know being exposed to the concept of death for the first time, and you know, I have this monologue about uh, Star Trek Generations and what it was like to be what five years old, four years old at that point going to see Star Trek Generations and uh, you know, Captain Kirk, spoiler alert, for anyone that hasn't seen Star Trek Generations, Captain <laughs> yeah. Kirk dies. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, to that was my first exposure to, to death was watching Captain Kirk die. Wow. Um and you know, I remember going home after the movie with my, you know, my dad and my stepmom were on the subway And they're really excited. They're like, "What did you think of the movie?" And I'm sobbing on the train.
0: (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) They were like,
2: "My God!" They told me years down the road. They said it was like we just left a funeral. (laughs) They're like, we felt so bad. Um, but you know that that's the thing is that you know that was my first exposure to death. You know, you have this character Captain Kirk who is always larger than life, always pulling through these uh these um astronomical, you know, odds, these, these circumstances, you know, he'd always pull through, he'd always show up at the end. And, you know, this time, you know, credits roll and that's it. Um, but, you know, so I talk about that in my show. And then with 1701, um, it, you know, my, my ex-boyfriend had said to me, well, what, what would that look like if you turned it into a series? And, you know, I had to sit back and think well you know i i don't know how i would do that and you know i think i was still so married to the the solo show at the time i couldn't really think of how to you know to bring that to life in another way but um, in 2019 i went to new york to see my dad and when i came back to california i just i came back with the pilot episode um, and so you know the 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 series itself it really does try to tackle identity um, about being comfortable with with yourself, I think that the show is definitely about um, being comfortable in your own skin and having ownership of that, um, and also exploring those things about yourself that maybe you don't want to you don't want to address, um, but but needs to be addressed. Um, you know, in the first episode, basically, I'm on a dating app. I'm trying to get on a dating app, and you know my best friends who are trying to push me to get back out there they say well hobbies and interests we need to put star trek in here cuz you like star trek and I tell them please don't put that in there and I'm very ashamed of admitting that I'm a star trek fan uh but you know it's because of how I didn't fit in because of it when I was a kid um and so you know it's it's about Maybe you know that- again
1: yeah. Is that um, true to your experience dating? Have you avoided putting the fact that you're a nerd, that you're a Star Trek fan, in a dating profile? Is that, um, is that your, your, your
2: own true experience as well? Um, some of it, some of it des- definitely is. I haven't avoided putting it in my special interests, but I have definitely avoided um, sharing it. Um, or delayed, I think delayed sharing it is probably the best thing to say. I've delayed Mm -hmm. sharing it. I've been very passive about it, uh, in the past. Um, I used to be very apologetic about it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'd say, you know, I I can show you a Star Trek episode, but you know, it's not everyone's thing. So you don't have to feel obligated to blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Right. You know, um, (laughs) so there there was a, um, there was an apologetic approach to, to sharing Star Trek. Um and so you know the series is is about being unapologetic about about things like that we also discuss uh race uh in the series as well racism in the queer community um there is something that happens in the second episode to my character yeah um which i don't know if you guys saw mm-hmm. but yep. yeah my grandma um, kind
1: of um, saw the the two oh, episodes they
2: have out yeah so you yeah. know long story short you know my character Ends up being fetishized because he's black. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's something that has happened to me personally um, to yeah. a, a certain extent. The, the thing that happens, that, that one line, that didn't happen to me, um, that's an extreme. That's actually a story from someone else um, that I just said, well, this would be a great, <laughs> you know, great height. You know a great you know conclusion, but um some of those other things have happened to me in terms of me being called attractive and being called exotic or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i I was in a bar I was in a bar in new york <laughs> and um mm-hmm. i I remember at this at this gay bar there was a there was a bouncer uh he was a a black man. And there was a, a couple in there, and I think they were kind of wreaking a little bit of havoc. And so the bouncer kicked them out of the bar. And so the bartender leans over to me, <laughs> and he says, thank God for a large, intimidating black man. And I, <laughs> wow. I, I just, I had to, because initially it was like, wait, did you, did you just say that to me? Mm-hmm. Were you joking? But also, if you were joking, I don't know you well enough to right. for you to make that kind. It was just, but you know, things like that kind of made its way into, you know, made its way into that episode. And now we get to episode three. Um, and episode three, we kind of address, uh without giving too much away, we address beauty standards in the queer community mm. and what that often looks like um, and how, you know, while in media, you know, representation is is definitely getting better. Um, you know, if you are raised um, from a certain age, especially if you're a person of color from a certain age to think that this one image is all that's beautiful, that's going to impact how you see yourself and how you see other people around you that look like you um, and how you how you date and you know and the unfortunate thing that we we sometimes do I, I don't think just in, in the queer community but just in general even though I'm focusing on the queer community because I, I don't think we we really talk about it enough um, we you know people have their preference quote unquote. Um, and to me, preference is just another excuse to, uh, to sit with and be comfortable with a very healthy, unhealthy, uh, programming when it comes to what is supposed to be beautiful. Um, so I wanted to address that and that's what we're addressing in this third episode, which I start filming a week from today. Awesome. Oh, Awesome. How yeah.
1: long does it take uh, for you
2: to do one episode? Um, it's usually about four days because the people that I work with are doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. And because they're my friends, Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we all, we all have work, <laughs> we all have jobs. So I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, I got the next episode. And they'll be like, ah, you got me on Saturday and Sunday and that's it. So... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so uh, you know, I film next week uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then the following week Saturday and Sunday. It's about four. Uh, it's about four days per episode
0: Got to it. film. Okay. Going back to episode two, really briefly. Um, yeah, LA, I I'm curious for you. How was it directing that scene, especially when you reach that kind of? I don't know if well climactic is kind of true in multiple senses but that climactic (laughs) point where uh, where because for me when that happened I like I was I was shocked and you know I, I was like it took it I mean so all that to say, and I, and we encourage everyone to go and watch 1701: A Blurred Story uh, on YouTube. Please do like uh, and share, and, and then love. you'll then you'll understand. Yeah, then you'll then you'll understand what we're talking about. But how is it directing? So you 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 wrote and produced and directed this. So you're doing the scene as well as directing the scene. How and and also I'm really curious, like from an acting standpoint. Like how did you and um, I don't remember the guy's name who played Julian?
2: Oh, uh, the actor's name is uh Joey. Joey. Uh, Joey. So Joey's how? One of you, my friends.
0: Yeah. Okay. How, like. Okay. So I guess it's 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 good that he's one of your friends. So playing that scene was certainly yes. probably a little easier. But I'd love to hear your experience in in shooting and directing and maybe even acting in that scene and and how Joey may have felt about it as well.
2: Oh, oh, bless his heart. So, so Joey, you know, I approached him about the episode, I want to say, maybe three, four months before we filmed it. I said, hey, you know, I have this episode. This is the content that I'm, that I'm dealing with. Um, you know, let me know if you're, you're interested. And, you know, I think, you know, him, you know, being an actor and being one of my good friends. Oh yeah, sure. Of course, you know, of course I'm going to be in it. And so, (laughs) And so, you know, I, you know, I'd send him the script. And so like a couple of weeks later, um, I'm driving and I get this phone call and it's from Joey. And Joey's like, this, this, you want me to say this? And I said, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I understand, you know, obviously this is a very controversial thing to say. Um, but you know, that it's for the purpose of the story that we're, you know, that we're, that we're telling, there's, there's an obvious reason why we're, why we're telling this story. And, you know, when you look at the, the little clues that are dropped from the beginning of the episode to, to the end about the character of Julian, you see how things kind of just ramp up to that, you know, that inevitable, uh, end. And so, you know, he said to me, if, you know, as long as you defend it, you know, when it comes out, I, you know, I'm very nervous about this. And I said, it's, you know, this is really for the sake of, for the story and we're trying to address an issue. It's, you know, you're you're going to be fine. And so God bless him. He went for it. Um, <laughs> um, you know, directing that scene, it's, you know, itself to that, getting to that moment at the very end. Um, I mean, it was really about kind of just him going for it and not holding back because, you know, I think in situations when you're doing scenes like that, when you're playing characters like that, if you hold back, you're doing a disservice to, to the truth of the story. Um, and so, you know, again, he just, he went for it. Um, I think, yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, there was a part of me that was nervous about putting that, out there that particular scene I talked with uh my friend Emerson who plays the Spock character uh in the show Emerson is one of my very close friends I've known Emerson since I was like 16 years old um and now we're like 35 um and so I said to Emerson hey is this too much (laughs) am I like am I doing too much um and he you know him being the ever so supportive friend, but you know ever the honest friend, and you know I value his honesty, and he said, no you need to this is someone's story, you have to go for it, you have to say it um so that was you know that was also all the more encouraging to to film that episode to do that uh to do that scene um so yeah, yeah,
1: yeah right. I really well, like um the, the setup and how you kind of approached and even how you contextualize what, you know, in terms of the web series, how it reflects your own experience, um, being a black nerd and how that goes into dating. And I think what's also fascinating to me is that, you know, for me, as I watched it, um, my takeaway was, you know, based upon my own experiences when it comes to dating and being a nerd. Um, and I think what, um, in terms of story arc from the first and second episode that really resonated with me was how I think as gay Star Trek nerds, it is it is niche. You know, I, there aren't that many gay Star Trek nerds out there. Like, it's not like, you know, it's a, from a, the, the intersection of the Venn Diagram. You know, we end up having a very small pool. It's, um, yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. And I think that, at least for me, you know, when I – go on dates where I meet people, there is this romanticized element that they're also a Star Trek fan. It's like, you know, it's like something I'm very passionate about. Um, And it'd be awesome if they also were a Star Trek fan. But I think what's interesting is that that is not always gonna be... You know, it's not always going to be the end-all, be-all. It's not enough, right? right? no. (laughs) And um, there's all these other variables and factors that play into dating and how you have chemistry with someone and how things will or will not work out. Um, And for a lot of people, you know, like, it's great if you have those common interests and you have those areas that you're already passionate about, but it's not going to take you to the finish line. And I think for me, that's what really, like, um, resonated in my head.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know that's something that's very that's very true. That I think it's even in my in my personal life, I have I've learned. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of you know relationships, in terms of of, of dating, I think um, I think for me personally, something that you know is always very important to me is that someone has a, a passion, um, and you know I think that you know there are different passions that people have if it's um if it's their occupation if it is being an activist and you know those things are obviously great um i think for me i also like those weird quirky things that you are you know ecstatic about that you know you you kind of maybe don't want to share but i want to know that stuff you know i i've talked about it on another podcast, but to me, it's like, um, you could love bottle caps. Um, and you know, I may not know everything about bottle caps, but if that is your thing, I, I want to know everything about it. I want you to share everything about it with me. I'm going to go to the bottle cap convention with you. You know, (laughs) I might like be on the side in the wings, like holding the purse, just looking at you. Going, oh, he's getting the grape soda bottle cap. I know he likes that one. That's the one he likes. Okay, good, good. You know, like I, I love that, and I want to experience that. You know, that that passion. That you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, why don't we talk about discovery, since I do think that is um, we, we start talking about it already. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So earlier this month, Paramount Plus announced that. Star Trek Discovery season five would be its last season that it's ending the show, and um I think we're all a little shocked by this announcement. uh They told the cast in a zoom call right before this announcement went out. Uh, I saw it first on social media and then it kind of made its way through other avenues of news but uh earlier in that week uh there had been another article about paramount announcing cuts to their streaming platform and i don't think any of us really thought that star trek was going to be affected by this so um it's a bit of a shock uh i would say that every um most of what i've seen online has been shock at the announcement and uh sadness um you know, and that may, you know, differ depending on how you feel about Discovery. I know we all have different opinions on, overall, on Discovery. But, um, yeah, Matt, I would love to hear your thoughts on this announcement and uh, what you're feeling about it.
2: You know, with Discovery, I think, um, you know, it's not easy to to be that that show that kind of reboots the franchise again. You know, I think that, you know, with... People like Jeffrey Hunter, William Shatner, who were kind of setting the tone for what Star Trek was, um, was obviously a challenge back in the 60s. You know, I think then, again, to have, uh, you know, Patrick and, um, and Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis and, you know, that cast, for them to bring Star Trek back after, I think, about 20 years, that's a very scary thing, especially when people are so married to the, the original series characters now that you've got a couple of movies behind them. Um, and then to do it again with uh, even the, the Kelvin movies. Um, I know people have their opinions about that, but honestly to take on these characters from the sixties uh, and bring them back to life in 2009 is scary. I would be petrified, um, you know, and then to, to have Sonequa, um and the rest of the cast re, introduce star trek to television another 15 20 years down the road in 2017 is also a major a major task so it was never an easy um it was never going to be an easy win i think to get star trek out there and i don't think it was ever going to be an easy win for star trek discovery um i it's not lost on me that you know the the show that is uh coming to an end is the show with a A woman of color as the lead Um, you know I I don't work behind the scenes I don't know what is going on in in the meetings so I you know I can't speak to some of that I can just say as a person of color on the outside that you know that is something that I that I did notice right away you know I think about other women of color in leadership positions my mother used to be a youth pastor I've got uh, a friend in LA that's a supervisor My, two of my cousins, you know, are business owners, you know, it's, there's always, um, from what I understand, there's always an unspoken pressure, being a person of color, being a woman of color um, in a leadership position, and there's a pressure to get it right. Um, So I, you know, all my love goes out to the cast and to, and to the crew that, uh, that gave Discovery everything that they, that they had.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. And, you know, Mike, Discovery, as our listeners know, uh, Discovery is oftentimes where Mike and I, our opinions probably diverge the most. I will probably say Season (laughs) 4 is where... Season 4 is where we both kind of were starting to align towards the end um, in terms of some of the frustrations that we had about the season. Um, But when it comes to the series as a whole, I think that my view is very different from Mike's. Um, At the same time, I do think that to what you're saying Matt, I, I I do applaud you know like the the effort and yeah. um the energy and the motion that the crew has put into the show. I you're right. Like I, I don't think it's easy to launch basically relaunch a franchise yeah. um after all the years of being off the air. And then you had the JJ movies and then obviously when you watch a first season of discovery there's a lot of different things they're taking some stuff from JJ they're taking some stuff from like right the, right you know the tv series like you can tell that they're trying to marry trying to a lot trying to figure of people it, it out,
2: out and, and, and yeah yeah
1: like there's so many like glare like lightning glares like you know like in the in the first episode honestly it's like oh The jj lens flare yeah <laughs> yeah like, yeah oh god and anything you know i get it um You know, one of the things that we forget
0: about with season one, though, is, uh, the behind, so the behind the scenes was much more chaotic than we knew of until the end of the season. So, so, you know, overcoming that and, um, I think is something that, uh, at least at the end of that season when we learned about obviously a very small portion of what was going on behind the scenes, um. Was really shocking to me, at least, uh, probably to a lot of people. But to 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 hear those things come up uh, on a on a Star Trek set of all shows, um, I think was the
1: most. Well, I mean, like I think that the old series, like the TNG era series, also had their sh- their fair. Oh yeah, yes, they, absolutely, yeah, sure, like a lot, yeah. a lot, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I know it's interesting. I do think that, you know, I, honestly, without Discovery, we wouldn't have all these other shows. We definitely wouldn't have Strange New Worlds. You know, we, we right, wouldn't have, right. um, you know, we don't have like Lower Decks and Prodigy and such. So, you know, there's definitely something to be said about how it it has rebooted the franchise as a whole and ushered in mm-hmm. a new era of fans. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, did it ever... Uh, does, can you say it achieved everything that it wanted to achieve as a show? Arguable, arguable, you know, we don't <laughs> need to get into that. Um, but I do think that <laughs> I, do, I can't talk about it for hours. Um, but I, I do think that um, at the end of the day, hopefully kind of history goes back and can see like what, even, you know, even if you argue it's, it's uh, it, how it well actually pulled it off, you can, that history can kind of see like everything that it tried to be and the merits of what it, um, of, of the intention, right. Of yeah. introducing such a diverse cast of being able to um, showcase not only people of color, but, you know, a really broad spectrum of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, you know, we, we haven't seen that ever before in Star Trek and we still don't see it on these, even on these other shows. So Um, I do think that the intent is there. um, And I think that that is, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. I would say that for me, you know, the first depiction of an interracial gay couple in Star Trek was hugely impactful for me. Um, And so that's, I think why for me, at least it it holds a, a high, I hold a high regard for discovery in that regard you know did they did they execute that relationship perfectly no do i wish that they had explored it more yes um i i really you know admire the the work of anthony and wilson in in bringing these characters to life um just just as i do you know when we added blue and and then ian in season 3 right season 3 yeah um, yeah season yes, 3 yes, yes. yeah but also, yeah, to, to more to your point too. I mean, in season two we get Pike, and now we have a you know a season and a new one coming soon, hopefully, of Strange New Worlds, and that seems to be the new flagship of the Paramount Plus network. So, you know, there's that honor um, taking a huge leap and in jumping into a whole new frontier of the thirty first, thirty second century. Um, And being able to, um, you know, step away from all that may have held it back initially. Like, I I don't know that I was ever a huge fan of the fact that we were going back to before the original series and kind of launching this new series there at that point in Star Trek history. Um, But the overall, you know, the benefit of doing that was getting Pike and Anson Mount into... The star trek universe so uh you know i wouldn't go back and do that again but i think uh you know the challenge that discovery always had is they had such a great cast and they you know a great supporting cast and it never really became it had the opportunity to and and never did become the modern day version of of deep space nine to be honest uh with so many different characters, um, you know, and and Johnson and I will have said this on multiple episodes: the way that they, you know, our bridge crew that we still don't really know, except for these, you know, insert story storyline and background into an emergency situation, um, is certainly not either of our favorite. And I, Matt, I don't know how you feel about this, but you know. Uh, hearing their backstory in an emergency situation uh, is not exactly um, an ideal character moment uh, from my perspective. And, and so there's that opportunity where they could have really leveraged the supporting cast in a way that would have made this a show that was much more like Deep Space Nine in the sense that it was grand and big and like had all of these, you know, intricate relationships and, and, And things, and instead, what I feel like they they focused on was this big, grand. They they took the arc of a of a season, and you know, and went a thousand times bigger with that arc,
1: and that's what they focused on. And yeah, it became um, more like driven by the mystery box and the threat to the galaxy and you kind of miss the character-driving moments, because that's what DS Space Nine, I think, balanced really well. There was a, like, yes. Like, oh,
2: incredibly threat,
1: well. But still yeah. character-driven, you know, like, so character-driven in terms of the storytelling. Um, I think Discovery just never quite found their footing when it came to balancing that, because it was much more about trying to unpack their mystery box, trying to go on that fetch quest to find the next piece of the puzzle, and the characters <laughs> are along for the ride versus the other way around, you know, and I, I that's unfor- I think that's unfortunate. I, I appreciate the serialized storytelling piece of it. And I appreciate the very kind of like the in this is what I think I, I said this before, this is what Lost started back in the day in the early 2000s where it was like, you know, and think Lost did really well, where it was like this big mm. mystery of the island. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. every episode was character driven. You know, every episode mm, was about yeah. the backstory of the characters and what they brought to the mystery and it wasn't about at the end of the day, you know, like you can talk to the, to the showrunners and they will probably like go to the graves with this. It's like, it's about the characters. It's not about, it wasn't about the Island. Right. Yeah. And, um, I feel that, yeah, Discovery just never found that balance.
2: I think for me, you know, it, it, it to me, season four is always the season where it just felt like for me, where Star Trek discovery started to really get its It's footing. Um, I think that there are I think there are character moments between uh Michael Burnham and Wushakun, which I am probably butchering the name, but I'm going to get it right.
1: No, I think you're saying it right. I think it is Wushakun. <laughs> or okay. Yeah. Um or, you oh, know, oh, whoa, are, if you oh, want to oh, go
2: short. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, well. Um you know, I think that there's uh there are great moments there. Um I love the Saru uh and um, and the Serenum, Seren- Yes. Like, oh, I, yeah. I like their, their little connection. I thought that was, that was very interesting. Um, I mean, I, you know, I even thought that, you know, seeing where, where, where Tilly ended up, I thought that was an interesting process as well. Um, I just, you know, I think that, you know, it reminds me of a, a couple of things. It makes me think of the Kelvin movies, which, again, I know everyone has their opinions on, but to me, uh, Star Trek Beyond is when I really started to feel like this was an actual crew. Mm, Um, And that was the third movie. Uh, You know, Deep Space Nine, for me, uh, things to me really kicked off in the end of Season 2, Season 3. Next Generation, it was Season 3. You know, Voyager, for me, Season 4 of Voyager is the best season of a of Star Trek Voyager to me, that's when things really start to kick off. So I just, I think the discovery needed time to get its, to get its footing. That tends to kind of just to be the, to be the, the, the pattern. Um, and also now I, with television now, I don't know if you get that kind of time anymore to, um, mm. to find, to find the characters and to find to find the rhythm of the story sometimes it seems like you just get you got to find it right out of the gate or that's that's it um you know i think we're definitely blessed to have what we had um to have what we had with discovery but yeah for me season four is when things really started to to really come together in terms of having a having a crew
1: well speaking speaking of season three Speaking of season three, which I think this is an excellent segue, yeah. um, or whatever, like, I think season three, I think you're right, Matt, I think, like, it tends to be the third or fourth season. That's I, think just, that's week now.
2: I think that's just but, the groove. I think that's what yeah. happens.
1: But I think that's a perfect segue to talk about Picard, because you also have, we're right now in um, season three of Picard. Yes. And, yeah. Mike and I haven't talked about it too much yet. We did, like, a kind of a preview episode. Um, and we did have a chance to kind of watch the first half of the season already before it even aired. Um, but Matt, we'll love your thoughts um, on how you fe- how you're feeling about the season. Um, I mean, at least for me, I think this is yeah, this is what I wanted from Picard from the from the start. And uh, yeah, but we'll love to hear what you think about it.
2: Oh, girl, let me tell you. Okay, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's interesting, right? Because this is I remember. Um, talking about another season three. I remember when season three of enterprise um, started and that was like the Zindi, the Zindi arc, story arc. Yeah. And they were trying to tackle, you know, and they were trying to tackle, um, they were tackling nine 11 basically. 9/11, um, yeah. And I, I think Scott Bakula was saying that the, the creative team had said, Hey, you know, we want people to talk about star Trek enterprise. We want that to be the water cooler talk. Um, in the office. Like, we want people to say, Did you see that episode? And I feel like that's where we are now with, you know, with Star Trek Picard. You know, we're like, you know, I'll, I'll have other, you know, other gay Trekkies that'll like text me or call me, Girl, did you see, did you see this? Did you, ooh, hey, ooh, did you? Um, so that's like, that's the energy that I'm getting from the season and I'm loving it. Um, I think in terms of, everyone really getting a good uh, meaty storyline. You know, I think we're getting, we're getting that with, with the TNG cast this time around. And, you know, where's, you know, everyone was not well served in the next generation, especially, um, especially Beverly. Um, we're getting that now with, with season three. And it's just so delicious to, so delicious to see. Um, I, I think also with that writing and with that space for these characters to have more time, the performances are, I don't want to say that they're like amped up because I think that the actors are always great. I just think that they're getting to stretch, um, you know, they're really getting to stretch. I love the, there's a great scene between Picard and Beverly, uh, am I allowed to say what happened in, yeah, in well, episodes? the first week, yeah, we,
1: let's assume everyone
2: watched okay. the first yeah. episode. Um, you know, so there's a great, you know, dialogue between Picard and Beverly about why Beverly didn't tell Picard about, about his son. Um, yeah. and that was just, that's a great, you know, that's a great scene. Um, there's a great scene with, uh, I got to give my love to Todd. Uh, Todd, how do I pronounce his last name? Um, Stashwick, I think. or yeah. Stashwick. The scene with him yeah. in the captain's quarters, and Picard, and Riker, and in Seven, and <laughs> just him eating his blue steak, and you know they're like, "I'm um, oh, sorry," um, uh. and they're like, "Hey, you know, we wanna, we wanna take the Titan on, you know, on this, you know, whatever," and he just says, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, you know, I. I'm trying to get all my thoughts together. It's just it's a good season. Um it is very emotional. I'm crying so much. Uh this last episode with uh Michelle with Forbes. Ro. Yeah. Michelle Forbes. Michelle And Michelle Forbes is just Michelle's phenomenal. She's just She's a so phenomenal great. actress. Yeah. I yeah. I mean from Next Gen, I mean Battlestar Galactica Yes. Um, yes. The, the love of the Pegasus arc. Uh, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Uh, um, wow. And then here, and also, like you know, I know that you know with the way that things end for the character, you know, it it sucks to see her go, but at the same time, to not be in Star Trek for thirty years and then to come back, and to me have this this pie, this gift of a of a story you know to me it's basically it's it's her episode it's her and picard's episode in my opinion yeah. and to have that yeah. after 30 you know 30 years of not being on the show oh my god yeah i um, i got annoyed
1: every time we cut to Worf and rafi and they were on, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't care i don't care it's like it like, was like it was like, it was like their, yeah. their, their story was kind of silly too and i was just like i'm over metallis prime i don't need to see this like CD plant
2: anymore. Just give me more roll iron. Like I, I don't need this. I gotta be honest though. I yeah. have to have on a ringtone. I have to have Warpsing Rafaela. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Oh no! I, I do. Have I do. Dynamic. No, they're. Oh, a, they have a great a, dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just on yeah. this episode, I was like, I, I don't need. You don't need to keep on cutting to Matias. I'm okay. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, um, you know the the yeah, best the, thing I saw about the comparison with uh, what uh roe does at the end of the episode is uh also nemesis with data and picard um yeah, you see it with yeah. uh, with spock and star trek 2 so yep. once i once i saw that comparison and i was like wow that is that is that is it yes that is that is the um that's the arc that's her story. That's the arc. For, yeah. And, uh, you know, going back to that dinner scene. So my, my feelings on, uh, Liam Shaw are, yes. have, have run the gamut because that dinner scene, <laughs> at all, I hated yeah. this man. I was like, how are you disrespecting my boys, Picard and Riker? Yes. Um, you know, how do you, how do you like, how do you not defer to them? Uh, these are living legends and, uh, and you get to have dinner with them and you're
1: being the biggest dick in the world to them. And, uh, well, did you, find you know, thing where they reveal that he was at Wolf 359. Did that like put the pieces into place where you, do you feel like his, his reaction. To that yes. Has been much more yes. Reasonable?
0: Yes. But he's, oh, you know, yeah. it, yes. Once, once you, once you see that, and that's also an amazing soliloquy that, uh, you know, that has been, you know, put up on social media. And like, it's just, you know, I've watched it so many times now. Um, But, you know, my, and I love it. I think it's a great, you know, it explains everything. and, And if you because yeah, yeah, I was do telling cause, you,
1: you didn't, you haven't, you hadn't watched ahead yet, and I was like, "There's a reason," ahead. and you're like, "I yeah, don't, yeah. I can't see a reason." I don't care, <laughs> I don't care. I was like, All right, "I, I don't would give care, it like yeah. a, another couple episodes." Like they, they, they yeah,
0: they I know, I know you were. I remember you were reminding me of that, but also just you know, for for both. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you freeze the closing credits, you see a there's a blurb about on the screen about the USS uh, Chance.
2: Constance Constance? thank you
0: yeah Yeah. so there's that piece of it um but yeah I felt you know the there are two things I love the soliloquy it does explain his why he's a dick totally Uh get it um you know I I I'm still a little pissed that he's ruining the moment with Jack and 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 Jean-Luc but you know it is what it is um and, and uh then at the end when they leave and he's like, you know, that's where, what did he say? Something to the effect of, you know, at some point in life, uh, you know, I became an asshole, like asshole replaced um, graciousness or something, you know, those aren't, that's yeah, he not said, the exact uh,
2: like, It was like asshole became um, like a replacement for charm or something like that. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're doing like a, if you're doing like a character study, if you're I dunno I don't know what, what Todd did with his process. I would love to know because I'm loving his performance. But you know, there's yeah. you know, sometimes when you're doing, you know, character work, you find like a line that helps you kind of put things in perspective for your for your character while you're doing all the other work as well. Yeah. To me, that line is uh, is one of the things that if I were if I were approaching it, it'd be like, that's something to to think about every time. Um, so
0: that would be like you know you get a you get your character sheet and it says Captain Liam Shaw and then it has that quote right underneath it and that's sort of what you know, <laughs> you base the like, whole character uh, slash you have like, no you know, respect dude. for living legends uh, you don't <laughs> no. have the time for it uh, you're a, you're an asshole to your first officer um, because of that also because she was yeah. you know a bore you know previously a Borg. Um, which, you know, I love Jerry Ryan and, you know, the way that she, the, uh, she's phenomenal this season too. I mean, everyone, I I, cannot, you know, cannot fault anyone's performance this season at all. But I feel for her the hardest because she's, you know, I, I feel like she's stuck. She's stuck with an asshole captain, And, you know, the options are resign and leave and go back to the Fenris Rangers or, you know, stick it out. And, you know, I I don't know about either of you, but I've worked for some assholes before, like Liam Shaw. And uh, on more than one occasion, I have said, uh, peace out. You know, I'm out of here. Can't deal with this anymore. So, yeah, uh, I definitely feeling for, for her character uh, in this, um, in this season. And, uh, yeah, I, I you know, Ed Spaliers is doing an amazing job as Jack Crusher. Yeah. Uh, yes. Can we, can we talk about the music of this season for just a second? Um, oh, the music, yeah. amazing. it is
2: giving, I hear, I hear everything that music is giving. It's giving wrath of Khan. It's yes. giving motion picture, it's giving, I, I mean, obviously there's the first contact theme that's in there as well. Just um, a little bit. They,
1: they, just a little, <laughs> it might be a little
2: too much first contact, but
1: I love first contact, so it's fine. But sometimes I'm like, there's probably a little bit too much first contact. Like between <laughs> the the intro slate that they have now, which is, I, I never liked Jeff Russo's theme um, personally. So I'm glad they got rid of most of it. Um and then between that and then you hear the first contact theme in the beginning and then credits. It's like okay, I get it. You love first contact. You guys love yeah. first
2: contact. <laughs> um, but the music, yeah, the music is great. <laughs> I mean, like there, so there are a few things that I you know I think about um in regards to just the overall the tone of the show, some of the storylines. I think one thing I'll say just about the storylines, um, with the uh, maybe like this triangle of of Shaw and Seven and the Card. You know, it's. I definitely see the trauma and you know it's like some things just never leave you. Right. And, you know, Picard I think is, you know, kind of at the top of it because, you know, Picard at this point is 90 plus years old. And unfortunately, you know, Wolf 359 is gonna stay with him for the rest of his life, no matter what he does. Um, someone is always gonna call him Lacutis and see him as Lacutus and not see him as Jean-Luc, and that's you know i think that's something that i that i learned from that that monologue that uh that shaw has is that you know it's it's always going to be with him he'll he'll never be able to really escape it um at a certain extent i think the same thing is going to be true for for seven unfortunately i see picard's journey um with being lacutus as a in some ways a, a little bit of a future with seven uh if that makes any sense because it's just yeah. you know Her time with the Borg is never going to, that's never going to go away. And there's always going to be a face that she encounters. I think, unfortunately, that's, you know, that's not going to be forgiving. Um, And yeah, with Shaw, you know, obviously Shaw is just now, what, Wolf 359 at that point, at this point now is 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Yeah. 30 years ago. And he's. It's all coming out now, like <laughs> right. so. You yeah, know, It's right? always going to, it's always going to follow, and I think that's something that you know I'm learning from watching these different characters. And you know, it's very honest and it's very truthful. Um, and I think in terms of the the music and the the, the tone, the look of the show, um, you know, with Terry Terry Metalis and just the creative team and everybody that worked on it. You know, it's it's so pleasing to see uh, fans of the material work on the material um, because it it pops up, it pops up in the music, it pops up in the costume design. Um, if I remember correctly, the costumer was talking about how the uniforms were meant to be uh, an homo- homage to uh, the original series movies, with the uh, the crossing over of uh, of the uniform jackets and the ribbed collars and the uh, Mm. The rank lining going down the pant leg, the music, obviously, um, yeah, it's just you know, uh, it's nice to see, it's nice to see fans working on, on the working in the universe, because you can see the love in the work. I think the same is true for Lower Decks, most definitely, absolutely, um, yeah. You know, I remember yeah. I, I got to go to a screening of uh, uh, the first couple of episodes of season two of Lower Decks, and I got to um, I got to talk to Mike McMahon, and Ooh. yeah, and that's awesome. he, nice. it was it was it was like talking to it was like talking right now, um, because that's he's that kind of fan he's that genuine in spirit. At least from that, you know that interaction that I have with him. He's that genuine in spirit that he just loves the world, um, and yeah. he's a fan like the fan like us. So when you know when I see, I can see the love showing up in the work in these different shows now, and that's it's so nice to see, and it it makes me feel more invited into this this world that I love so much. Yeah, yeah I
0: mean, the it's been great to see also, like you know, Dave Blass, um the Akudas are back on set, but everyone is sort of yes. deferred or they've deferred their recognition to the next generation of, of people who are doing the, like the things that they are doing. And they're sort of more like consultants or um, mentors to this next generation of creative people, which I think is really, really cool. Um, Cause you don't see the Akudas in the credits, all the, uh, you know, Everyone is, or, uh, you know, Dr- Doug Drexler, um, all, you know, all of his starship designs, you know, he he's, you know, it's just, it's amazing to see all these people that have worked on this series on next gen and everything else for so long and, uh, come back and be mentoring and also contributing and just having a great time with it, I think is, uh, so refreshing. And I, you know, I, and I'm like, it, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, you all know that you have, like, this magic in a bottle with Season 3. Like, one, I'm like, why couldn't we have done that with Season 1? But also, you know, Matthew and Stewart had three seasons.
1: Wanting. That's
0: why. Oh, Matthew that's Church, right, yes. He didn't he want didn't to want redo, like, what?
1: TNG Season 8. Part he wanted, two. like, yeah. completely different.
0: You know, yeah, that's I blame true. it all right. on Stewart,
1: to be honest. Like, you know, I blame that's what we got yeah. in Season 1, Season 2, like of Picard, which I despise moderately, <laughs> um, on Patrick Stewart wanting to just do his own thing, which I I get, you know, like I get
0: I that for Patrick. season one. I don't know that we can blame him for season two. I don't know, like
1: season two, and I don't know, I, uh, kinda, I don't know who is mean, to blame for season two. That's a, that's a trajectory that he set, right? Like for yeah. the front for the series, not the franchise, the series. Mm. So I feel that season two is when they started to pivot and that's what they brought in Quebec. And then, but I don't know, they were kind of poor, so they could only film in LA. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, that Um, season was also, it was filmed during the pandemic, Pandemic, yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm wondering, I mean, again, I don't, you know, I'm not in the creative team, but, you know, I know it was so, it was centralized in in LA. And so, you know, I know at that point, no one was really going out of. Mm, That's true. uh, That's a good point. Out of the country um yep. so that's i hate it, yeah. la
1: so i'm like oh my god like seven episodes <laughs> LA just around la i'm like oh my god like me out. Of johnson here.
0: is <laughs> just so you know matt johnson is a hardcore <laughs> new yorker yes, yes like live, I, Coast, live Coast and Coast die whatever he will he's a, going to
2: die here in the city in here, his apartment yeah. I get yeah. it. Listen, I, you know, I, Los Angeles, um, I lived in Koreatown for about seven years, um, which is like, you know, well, less downtown mm-hmm. LA and I think I, my time in downtown LA, I'm very blessed because I've made some great friends and connections there. Um, and so I'm able to now separate the people <laughs> sure. from the place.
1: Sure. Well uh,
2: the community, it's like it doesn't really matter where you are, right like right, right, yeah. whereas you know uh you know i would not I would not go back there now, <laughs> I would not move back to l a <laughs> but sure. um, yeah, I'm glad that I met the people there that I did,
0: yeah. Yeah. Anything you're looking for, like, what do we, I, you know, so we have, I, and I don't remember the next episode, so I, I'm operating from,
1: I remember, uh, I know, um, I
0: know, you right. remember everything. Um, But Matt, anything you're wanting to see in this second half of the season
2: that you, oh. you know. Oh, I want so many things. A lot
1: happens in episode six, but I, I can't <laughs> talk about it, so it's fine. <laughs>
2: Here so yeah. I what I would like to see, I because I want another Deep Space Nine follow-up show so bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I would love to see I would love to see someone else from DS9 show up. I remember when I saw uh, when I when Worf and Rafi were talking about their handler. I was sure it was going to be Julian working with section 31. That was like oh. I said it's Julian. I said I know it's oh. Julian. It's Julian and it wasn't Julian. That's fine. My feelings aren't hurt. I'll be okay. <laughs> um, we got Lauren. So I We like, got hey. Ro, right we got Row. Yes. We got Row. Um you know, I I want just a little bit more more deep space nine people to show up. I love Nana Visitor. If I could see Mama Nana show up. Ha. Huh. Um I I think what I would want to see in the next few episodes I want because I'm also an Avengers fan I want like that Avengers team up of everybody with the next generation cast where they really just get to be that crew like I mean I'm sure that we're going to get it um but that's something that I want to see um I know that the creative team has said that you know this is like also passing down to the next next generation. So I very much want to see this be, you know, the end of this story be, you know, there's more. Um, and just a door left <laughs> yeah. open. You know, yeah. that's I think more than anything, that's what I want to see. I just want the door left open for more of these more of these characters to have more more time, more stories developed, or make another deep space night show. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to get out. There. That's all I'm trying to. That's all I'm trying to get out there. Yeah,
0: I think uh, I think we're hoping for a repeat of what Discovery season two did, which was create Captain Pike and Spock and uh, Number One. So Una. So yeah. let's let's hope that this also spawns that sort of next generation. I mean, Ed Spaliers is excellent. Um, yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to see Jack Crusher uh, back? He's not, you know, he's good on the eyes and um, oh, very uh, sadly straight and married, but um, with kids. But <laughs> anyway, um, okay. but we have we have a really really diverse uh, bridge crew with yeah. you know um, with. Jordy's daughter, um, the Bajoran. We have a Vulcan. I'm not sure what our engineer is, um, but they are a non-binary actor, I believe, playing really. a non-binary character. Um is engineer? I don't even remember. Um, they are uh, the one, the one with. Uh, I can't. I don't know what species they, the, they play. The one with the- the it's not
2: green uh, it's obviously
0: not the Vulcan it's, so it's the other the opposite side it's of not, the it's not
2: the Bajoran it's I know the the one you're talking got, about it's like a she's got green makeup right yeah the, like, yeah yeah uh, along, yeah, yeah, so yeah, along her along makeup. their forehead I the yeah is. okay I'll have to look it up later
0: but. yeah I, I'm pretty sure I, I follow them on uh, Instagram now um, but also you know Lieutenant Tavine a Vulcan um uh, interesting that everybody's bald and, and, you know, all these characters are bald. I'm, I'm not, you know, not. Uh, a I'm a fan of characters. that. There are a number of bald characters.
1: Um, but yeah. yeah I'm uh, not know. giving too much time with the bridge crew because there's a lot of them. Because we already have so many other characters. Like, I feel Seven's not even getting that much screen time. Like, you know, like, I, she's gotten a couple moments. But I feel that she's becoming between the main cast and then Jack because there's a big focus on Jack and yeah. you have these you know you have Shaw and you have like, Attic. uh I I just don't and I mean at least Rafi's getting good screen time with Worf. but I feel I feel Seven's actually not getting that much screen time I feel they barely have enough time for all the characters as is there's so many characters
2: Yeah there, I mean there's a lot there's a lot going on I in terms of Seven I just what I think is going to actually happen I still want my deep space 9 spin-off show I'm, I know I keep saying it. I know I keep talking about it. Um, I, I have a feeling that we're going to get a seven of nine, spinoff, spin-off series, which I would also be. I wouldn't mind. I would, mind. Up, I, I mean, I would I, be fine with yeah. seeing her in, you know, uh, as the captain of the Titan, and seeing her go off on a That would be fine with me. Um, <laughs> so if we yep. don't get enough of her here, maybe we'll get more of her in. Yeah. Future.
0: Well, and there's also this talk about a uh, Rafi and Worf spinoff, which Michael Dorn has been uh, a huge proponent of a Worf series for the oh, last wow. 20 years. Oh,
2: yes. Yeah, so, and wow. he is the
0: most, he's the actor that's been in Star Trek the most of any other actor. He's been in the most episodes. His character has gotten the probably the number, is number one in character development. Over all of these years, um, and it's
2: wild yeah. when you think about his uh, his he, also, just,
1: he was also in the Undiscovered
2: Country, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. like Michael Doran, I remember him talking about uh, Worf and playing the character of uh, of Worf. And I think initially there wasn't a lot given, um, a lot given to Worf in the in the beginning, and he was kind mm-hmm. of just there i think yep. he was the He's uh, the, uh, the smallest uh, out of all of them yeah yeah right. and so now to go from that to being you know spanning across movies and series i think that's a beautiful story you know you go from this yeah, to now you're the most beloved and the most known <laughs> And playing, um, like, a
0: samurai warrior now. Uh, very oh, zen. Violent and zenness All uh, in balance. Um,
2: it's so good. It's it so is. good. Yeah, I was it talking is. to my dad about it, and I was like, you know what? With everything that Worf has been through, and, you know what? Yeah, I see. Yes, he would be. This is where he would end up. It makes total <laughs> sense. I can see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. Michael Dorn is a fantastic actor, and... Uh, He's done so much with Wharf, and uh, yeah, I you know, I, I'd love to see it all in one series somehow, or you know, but I, I think asking for two, multiple spinoffs out of this is going to be hard to, uh, yeah, especially given yeah. given the the recent announcement about Discovery and also the right, just right. The overall the overall That's cutting of streaming climate uh, yeah, right yeah. now yeah 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 exactly yeah so. Yeah. Um, and if you watch the ready room, um, Michael and, uh, Michelle were on this week and, yeah. uh, and Michelle at, when they recorded that, Michelle had just finished her ADR of the last episode and she said it was kind of, it was emotional saying, you know, saying her final saying lines goodbye. again. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Yeah, uh, we're, we've got five more weeks to this though, and uh, uh, everyone online is uh, saying, make sure you let the creators know, make sure you let the studio right. know, you know, all of these things. So, which I think happened—that's what happened with uh, Pike, and uh, now we have Strange New Worlds,
2: right, right. Um, and Anson, like so. Anson, he char- charmed all of us. He did. Yeah, he just he. Ch- Damn it. That man. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I am a huge um,
0: fan of Anson Mount uh, for multiple reasons. Yes. Um,
2: me too. Me too. Um,
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, any other, any other thoughts on Picard
2: from anybody? Um, I think one last thing that I'll say is that, you know, I know that one of the lines that uh, was in the trailer and it's in the first episode as well is that uh, Jean-Luc has a line about saying, you know, I'm not a man that needs a legacy. And um, it's very interesting. I mean, you know, we see that kind of flipped on its head with uh, with Jack Crusher coming in. Yeah. Um, but I think we also saw a little bit of it with this latest episode with Ro Laren as well coming in. Mm. To me, is like a daughter figure as well. It's like, okay, well, here, mm-hmm. here are the things that you've kind of left. Here's what you left behind. I mm-hmm. keep bringing it back to Deep Space uh, Nine. Deep Space Nine. Sorry, <laughs> uh,
0: promise, no, don't You do not need to apologize for that. Here, we love Deep I, Space Nine.
2: Um, I should probably just say right now, I receive bear, and and Ron Moore just told me to come on the show and push start Deep <laughs> Space Nine that's what happened the whole time. That's why I'm here. <laughs> no, uh, really, no. and and hopefully you will be playing
0: a part in this series, Matt. Uh hey, that would be amazing. into the universe. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> would be amazing. Uh, we could we it. could say we knew we knew you when. We when? had you on our <laughs> podcast before before start before your starring role in Star Trek. <laughs> Um, Johnson, any other thoughts on? I know you you remember the next episode better than I do. So, any other thoughts beyond that that you can
1: Um, no, I feel we talked about most of it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for I mean, the next episode kind of leaves us on leaves us for wanting more. So, I I don't really want to talk about it. Um, so I'm really excited to see where we land with things. Um, I do have like, I do have like a uh, feedback for this season as I usually do. <laughs> um, you have notes. But, here Here come the notes, well, everybody. I'm going to wait until the season's over because. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I think my biggest qualm probably going into the season is it's as believable for, believable for me for Beverly to have cut off everyone for 20 years as believable as it is for was for me for Picard to have just stayed on a venue for 15 years doing nothing. Like, it just. It, it that's very like they a big ass when it comes to suspension mm-hmm. of disbelief when it comes to these characters, what we know about them. they wouldn't just like it for me, Beverly just to cut off content from everyone it it just it just doesn't really seem realistic mm-hmm. based upon what we know about the character, at least what we've built on on the character it just it just doesn't jive with me, but um but then Gaze McFadden was also like. Finish the season. I was like, okay. Like she was a, she said in a recent interview. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait until the season's over and then we can kind of figure out like, did this all make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are a few things like that that but there's still mystery to kind of unpack. So um, you know, I, I'm fine with it. And this is going back to what I was saying about Discovery. Like, there are mysteries here. Obviously, we you know, what do the changings want, what is up with Jack, things like that. But I do think that they're balancing the mystery box of it all with the character character stuff. Yeah. I absolutely agree. That's why it's working. Yes.
2: It really well. Totally agree with him. Um,
1: so yeah, I do want to know more and it's not bothering me that like, we don't know this stuff because I'm also just here for the ride. I just love the character moments. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it for me. Yeah. To your point about Beverly and Picard
0: and, and even, I think we even get some of it in this, I think it was this episode, you know, Riker is still very like, riker and shaw as well you know it's i think it's a it's sort of a case study in the fact that trauma sticks with you for a long time yeah Um, uh you know that you can't you can't you don't necessarily get over trauma Mm -hmm. you you know you learn to live with it and you learn to build Mm -hmm. your world around it um but it's always there and i think you know Riker saying to Jean-Luc earlier this season, you know, go be with your son. This is the, you know, this is the end. We have yeah. four hours of life left. Go be with your yeah. son, get to know him. You know, this is one thing I regret. Um, You know, so I, you know, there's that, Um, you know, I think that whatever, whatever we learn about Beverly, I think Picard, yeah, I, you know, I have some difficulty with Picard being, you know, a grumpy old man on, on his vineyard for 15 years. I, I do agree with you on that Johnson. Um, uh, the other thing though, I think that we sort of got a, a little bit of an eye to from Beverly is that she, once she realized that Jack's life was always sort of going to be in danger because he was related to Picard. She, mm. you know, she went into herself, you know, I, I, I you know, I am, I imagine that a mother is going to do everything she can. But to not even tell can. him.
1: But to not even tell him. Yes. I think that's, no. that's yeah. what... Yeah. It's one thing to want to protect Jack. I get it. But to not even tell... You know, that's a big... First of all, completely removing the father figure from the equation without yep. giving him a choice, right? There's so many things there that I just... It's hard for me to reconcile um, with Beverly's character. Well,
0: let me throw this at you, though. With With this, though... The first time she didn't have a choice with Jack's death, right? Her husband, Jack's death. So she didn't have a choice. She lost him and had Mm -hmm. to raise Wesley on her own. So Mm -hmm. in this case, she chooses to raise Jack on his own Mm -hmm. and not tell Picard. So that could be Mm -hmm. part of her, you know, her, who she is. Like this time she's choosing to do it on her own, whereas the choice Mm -hmm. was foisted on her when Jack was killed on the stargazer. So. um, I think
1: it's one thing to say, Oh, I'm going to raise him on my own versus like, I don't know, just like not even tongue. Picard that, Oh, by the way, you have a son. I don't know. I I still don't quite buy it, but yeah,
0: yeah. you know, I, I, yeah, I can, I can see both sides, but you know, I, I think that, you know, even I, I think out of all the things we've just talked about though, I think my toughest cell has always been with you, Johnson, that, you know, Picard would be so angry that he would leave Starfleet and just go be on a vineyard for 15 years and just slowly die or whatever. And, um, that, that seems the most out of character. But again, that phase of the story was Patrick was very much involved in. So for some reason he, he, in his sure. development of the character, he bought into it. So, um,
2: yeah, I, I always thought it was an interesting, I always thought it was an interesting twist to have that be to have that be where you know where we see him end up in in season one is to Mm -hmm. to have left starfleet um i mean in some ways i found it a little refreshing um and maybe it's just because i really enjoyed the scene the the scene where he's being interviewed uh you know that's a to me that's a great moment and to me that that sold the that sold the story of Mm. him you know, of him wanting to, wanting to leave and that being enough for him to leave. I mean, there's also like the moment where, you know, we have a flashback with him and Rothy where, you know, he says, I offered them my resignation. I didn't think they would take it. And they did. (laughs) So there's like a part of it was like, that was a last resort. And I, so it was almost like he didn't, he didn't really want to do it, but they said, okay, yeah, we'll take your resignation. Leave. Um, So that was all, you know the circumstances there are also a little a little muddy but
0: yeah yeah uh, that's yeah. that's an e- you know that's picard's ego to a, to some extent rearing yeah. its its ugly head yeah. there yeah yeah what other sci-fi shows are you watching are you watching like star wars the mandalorian oh, yeah, uh yeah. so the bad um, Batch? anything
2: like that what are you what else are you so uh, i'm definitely Watching the Mandalorian. Um, I think a new episode dropped. Is it dropping the same day that Picard drops? Thursdays. I think it's Thursdays. Is it, right? is it like Thursdays no, or is it Wednesdays?
0: Wednesdays. They they drop their episodes on Wednesdays. So. Oh my god! Yeah.
2: God, we are such spoiled nerds right now. What a time to be alive. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching Mandalorian. I, I, I'm a completionist, so I'm trying to catch up with everything in the MCU. Um. I, I watched Doctor Who My, uh, my friends oh, David sweet. and Melissa Oh sweet, excellent Yeah, uh, my friends David and Melissa David's, um, David is actually the musician For 1701 um, And his wife Melissa Is also a phenomenal actress um, Anyway, so I started watching Doctor Who with them A couple of years ago and So I've been watching uh, Doctor Who I think I'm coming towards the end with Matt Smith right now That's where I'm at okay, okay. Um, that's good and is there any other sci-fi stuff that i'm looking at right now i think i mean
0: those are I the big it's... three doctor who star trek and star wars are what i grew wars, up on and yeah. um yeah and it, it, you're right it is a plethora of riches right now it really with, is
2: uh, a lot. yeah yeah what a time to be alive and also you know i i'm happy for this younger generation coming up that they get to um not feel self-conscious uh, as much when it comes about to, being nerds, yeah, yeah, confessing their yeah, fandom. Yeah, because it seeped
1: think. into just big culture, you know. So it you know, really everyone, did. Like yeah, everyone's you know, like a nerd to some,
2: to some extent now. I think. Yeah. everyone watched you watch kinda, like
1: a Marvel movie, you're a nerd.
2: So I was like, whatever. Right, yeah. like everyone's <laughs> kind of you know everyone's owning it a bit more than they used to. I think you know, Comic Con was like a big, a big help with that too um yeah yeah it's
0: a it's a great time to be a nerd or a geek whatever you want to call yourselves um yeah well thanks so much for being here with us uh it's been a lot of fun and when you come back to the east coast let's meet up
2: yes 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 now that no uh now that know you guys are on the east coast yes i would love to hang out with you guys
0: we are—we're uh, both in Midtown, so uh, I'm literally two blocks away from uh, Times Square, two okay. avenues okay. over, uh, and Johnson is
2: uh, up by Columbus Circle. So yeah, just a few blocks up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, n- I know exactly Brooklyn. where that is. That's like you know, uh, in New York, I'm in Brooklyn, so that's like a twenty-minute train stop on like the two or the three or. The N or the R, or, you know. Yep. So, where in yeah. Brooklyn are your is your family? Which part? Um. So they're over by. I mean, I've got family in Bed and I've got family in Brooklyn Heights. So, or Bedford-Stuyvesant. Right. Like, I, yeah. I, you know, I lived yeah, in Bed-Stuy. Bedford. We, yeah. Yeah. I, you <laughs> yeah. know, you know, Bed Like, I was, you know, it used to be called Bed. Now it's Bedford-Stuyvesant because gentrification, but. Uh, it used to be It used to be BedSty. <laughs> uh,
0: that's how I know it. I did not know that we upgraded the name to its full name now.
2: Yeah, that you know, people are calling it, oh Bedford Stuyverson. and Are you talking about BedSty? That's that's what it
0: <laughs> excellent. Well let us know when you're coming back this way and let's hang out. It's been awesome to have you here today. So thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. I've had a ball and I would love to come back.
0: Before we uh, head out, um, Matt, where can people find you? Where do you want people to go to track you down,
2: stalk you? I um,
0: mean, uh, yes, all of by the above. All means,
2: do all of those things? Yes. <laughs> uh, no, so, <laughs> um, you can find me on uh, at one seven zero one b l e r d on Instagram uh you can also there's a link to episode 2 of 1701 there but you can also find the first episode uh in that in that drop down when you go to youtube as well you can find the first episode of 1701 as well uh please watch them let me know what you think if it resonates with you like it share it genuinely um genuinely i you know i want people to to watch it i you know i, I tried to make it for for queer nerds, queer nerds of color. Um, So please watch it. Um, Please tell me what you think. Find me, stalk me. Don't stalk me. Find me. (laughs) Yeah, don't. (laughs) We want to take a moment to thank our
0: sponsor, Fansets, who is the premier sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. Uh, This month, they have some really great uh, new pins out, including a new... Star Trek The Next Generation Ensign Delta. I didn't know that there was a separate Delta
1: for... I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Either, um, but apparently there is. They've also got two new uh, pins from the universe of Trek. They have Christine Chapel from Strange New Worlds and also Captain Sisko. And then they've got two new mini pins, one of the motion picture Delta and one of the Strange New Worlds Delta. Uh, and a few other new things, which are, uh, you know, amazing as always. Oh, and then I don't know if I've talked about it, but they they have the 40th anniversary, 40 years of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So a lot of great pins to check out. So head on over to Fansets, put a bunch of pins in your cart. And if you spend more than $30, which is pretty easy, everyone, um, you're going to get free shipping in the U.S. And if you use the words Trek, Word, it's a singular word, truck geeks, all one word, at checkout. You're going to get 10% off your order. And we want to thank Fansets for being the premier sponsor of Deep Space Pride and the Truck Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. How do fans get in touch with us, Johnson?
1: Yeah, um, well, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have some comments for Matt and his web series. You know, we can definitely help relay the message if we don't feel like contacting him on his socials. Uh, But you can email us at dspacepride at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at dspacepride. And we would love to hear from you.
0: Well, another episode in the can and. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another one. Another one. We'll see if I'm I'm still alive by the time we publish our next episode. We'll, We'll see what happens.
0: Well, we'll see. It's always, it's touch and go depending on the day, the week. Yeah. Even the time yeah. of day sometimes.
1: It's true. It's like either I'm drowning or other people need to be killed or something. But it's fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. All good. All good.
0: It's fine. Uh, the meme yeah. with the dog sitting there drinking. Dog on fire. And the, uh, dog on fire, yes, is yeah. fully up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks and talk more Picard before the finale.
1: Will uh, we? Sure. I don't know. I let's not guarantee that.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll do our best to, to come in after, in a couple of weeks and give another episode and an update before we hit the season finale. The series finale. It's not even the season finale.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the series finale.
0: Series. Well, that's not rare. Right. Um, yeah, it's over. So, yeah. And we will I'm sure we'll have more to talk about because as we approach that, hopefully we're going to know what's next.
1: Season 2 of Strange New Worlds. I haven't I heard anything. Haven't, we mean, like, we were thinking that it was going to... What well, was our prediction? That it would be uh, Strange New Worlds, then Prodigy, or Lower Decks? One of those two? And then... I think well, our and then it was gonna be discovery later on the year. Yeah. Yeah. So well I mean we'll see we haven't done anything. So
0: Right. Yeah, lots more trek coming though, and um, yeah, we're we're here for it. So we will talk to everybody soon. Thanks for joining us.
1: Bye everyone.